to episode one of Paddock Talk, the F1 podcast. I am Scott. I'm Cop. <laughs> and I'm going to be JP. We will be uh, bringing you all the uh, F1 action. And if you can't tell by our voice, we are American or North American instead of British. Get... This is, I said North American. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're trying to get our foothold in North America in F1. Gosh darn it. I mean, at least we do have at least we do have a North American driver this year. Yeah. You're uh, Lance. Come on. Uh, come on now. Um two, yeah, two North American. But I guess we had two North American drivers like hey, finally yeah. an F full time F one driver since um since Scott Speed. So we'll take what we can get, even though he's an equally bad equipment like Scott Speed was. Um, so a little bit about ourselves. I, Scott, um, an American, uh, big Senna fan, uh, big Rubens Barrichello fan, um, and F1 announcer Martin Brundle. I bet you kids didn't know he was an F1 driver, but he's actually a pretty, uh, pretty damn good driver in his own right. He actually challenged Senna in the junior ranks back in the day. Um, yeah, uh, Kyle, Canada, obviously. My accent might pop out occasionally. Um, favorite drivers, Charles, Fernando, Lance, Yuki, easy, Lance, Canadian. Um, yeah, favorite team, Aston Martin, obviously, Canadian, again, green, amazing. Leader of the Will Buxton fan club. I'm gonna put that right there. The Will Buxton fan club. Yep. Oh, man. Hey. Well, uh, I'm JP. That's said the best for last. Um, I think, you know, for me, F1 started obviously with Santa. I mean, I think he's the greatest racing driver to ever live based off pure talent alone. Um, and I would say also the movie Rush. I mean, Nikki Lauda and James Hunt. Like, if you haven't seen that movie, check it out. It's a great like kind of in-depth to F1 and what those guys really go through. Uh, favorite team is McLaren. We've been on hard times for a while. We've been pulling a big boss, man, based some hard times. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I would say probably favorite driver right now. Uh, I don't really want to say, I don't know if I really have a favorite, but uh, I'd love to see Lando Norris really get serious. And, uh, we, you know, I'm probably going to talk about this a little later on. But I think it's time for him to take that step this year. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. I guess I never said what my uh, my modern F1 driver is. Well, I guess he's got to be the bad boy himself, Max Verstappen, just because he's got that mm. air of coffee and he's got the talent to back it up. I knew but you that's were going to another... Max. Not at all. Um, yeah. So should we just go in and uh, talk about uh, week one? The, the season started finally. After it seems like sixty years of an off season. Uh, um, yeah, go, go ahead, ahead. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say it, it. I don't know why, but I felt like the break this year felt longer than the break last year. Oh, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, and again, it's probably been the same amount of time. Uh, but, I, you know, I think with just what we'll get into is, you know, coming into 
coming into, you know, race one here, how much stuff is so different in F1 this year? Like, I mean, last year we had a brand new car. Uh, Red Bull and Ferrari seem to kind of figure it out. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see what, you know, what Mercedes does coming into uh, race one of the year. And we've got a lot of new drivers on the grid, you know, and some of them are kind of returning, but, you know, different pair of teammates this year. So I think it's going to be real interesting to see how this weekend plays out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, so uh, I guess, well, we're recording this on a Friday or Friday after or Friday evening after uh, Bahrain practices. So we're just going to kind of go over the kind of notes of the uh, of the first two practice sessions. Uh, L plan is in effect. Mm-hmm. Like we actually have the L plan. Yeah. Lock. Uh, Fernando Alonso is second fastest in FP1 and in the qualifying uh, in the qualifying uh, setup for uh, FP2, he was the fastest. Like Fernando was the only one under or in the 130s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max Verstappen was close, two tenths behind him. I think it was a 131.17. Uh, I'm yeah. sure I'll get blasted for that because I don't have this, the exact number right here in front of me. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's all planned. The Aston Martin hype train it, it, is it? Is it actually legit? It looks I, like. I think it is legit, dude. You Fernando, season driver in this good of a car now. In a championship-worthy car, I think. I think uh, we're going to see something special out of him. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's... I'm sorry. And, you know, the thing is, you don't know with, with practices, everybody um, kind of let out all their P's and Q's with the car. You know, some people might say some teams were holding a little back when you kind of look at these rankings here. But my thing is, why would you hold a car back? Like, in what sense of the world in racing would you ever want to hold a car or a driver back? So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think, you know, if there's anybody on this grid who is really looking to make an a impact this year, it's Fernando. And he's, you know, arguably, the, I mean, he's the oldest driver on the grid, to my knowledge. Uh, he's got the most experience of anybody there. Uh, doesn't have the championships of Lewis Hamilton or, you know, or heck, you know, maybe even Max, you could say recently. But I definitely think that he's got a renewed energy with a new team now that he knows he doesn't have to put up with some of the BS he put up with last year. Oh, I, I agree wholeheartedly. The only BS he would actually have to put up with is obviously the number two driver, Aston Martin, Lance Stroll, being the son of CEO of Aston Martin F1, Lawrence Stroll. So, I mean, we, we know Fernando can be like a hothead if he's just going to kind of let his opinions known. And uh, like, it, it, this is a good start to a season I, we, with this hype of Aston Martin. If Fernando can stay in the game and be Fernando for a whole year with this car, this may be the first of many, uh, many top running practices and possibly qualifyings for him. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Lance will be right there if his wrist can hold up. <clears throat> if his wrist can hold up and he doesn't yeet it into turn one uh, on the first lap. Yeah. Um, speaking of Lance, coming back from broken, is it broken wrist or broken wrist? We know it was a right wrist, but. Was the left one affected at all? Not from what I heard. Like, when I was watching the weekend warm-up, they said he had 
a bandage on his left wrist as well as his right, but they only said his right was broken. They only they said his left was only nicked up. So, but that could just be them holding their cards close to the chest. Yeah, I could definitely see that with the with the Sir Lancelot, but like I don't know if like is it just me? I just don't think he's going to be able to do this whole race. Uh, they showed a clip in I think it was FP two. Uh, after his qualifying run, he did a, a couple laps on mediums, and going into turn one, he had to use his left hand uh, to kind of use the wheel. Um, as I mean, it could have been just like one of those, oh, I'm slowing down, I'm going to just take a break for a second, or is it m- maybe his wrist isn't 100%, because they set some screws into his wrist to help it heal faster and get him into this weekend. Well, I mean, when you think about it, you know, for a lot of people, there'll be two schools of thought with, you know, with that. Number one, he got some practice in the car on a live racetrack. And when I say live racetrack, yeah, they may not have really been racing, but, you know, other cars were on the track. The track was hot. Obviously, the cars were running really well. I mean, I think if you look at it from Aston Martin's standpoint, um, if you think he can go what you have to lose, if there's even a, a glimmer of doubt, I would almost say holding for another week or two, let the wrist fully heal, maybe call in a reserve driver. Because if you miss race one, I don't really think you're that far behind the curve, especially not if Fernando has a strong showing and the cars are good. Uh, but I do believe that if he's, I'll dare say if he's 75%, uh, I'm pretty sure the kid's going to try to tough it out. And you got to commend him for that. I mean, even making it to, you know, P1 and P2 with that risk. But I just think that if you're going to make a decision, I think the sooner the better. But I really think uh, Kyle's right. I think they're going to hold, you know, cards close to the chest. And I think they're really going to see how he does maybe in qualifying and then go from there. I agree. I think I think if he can't finish qualifying, I think we still see Felipe Drugovich race on Sunday. I I think there's uh, a small chance. Well, I think they have to. I think they actually have to pull the plug before qualifying because if mm-hmm. I remember correctly, last year when uh, Mick got hurt in FP3, it was FP2 or FP3 at Saudi Arabia when he the first car he destroyed last year. Um, they didn't have the car ready, but uh, Pietro Fittipaldi, who was Haas's reserve driver, um, couldn't race because he, um, because yeah, I think you have to actually qualify the car to be in the race. So you actually have to do the qualifying. If if I can remember what the stipulation was last year, it wasn't that they were cheap and didn't want to put a car out. Is if you you ha- I think you have to turn a lap in a car or qualify the car to uh, get in. And I want to say, I think he had to, I think he had to qualify the car to actually race. So if they pull a plug on Lance, it would have to be tomorrow morning, or it would have to be the early practice session. They'd have to make the decision to qualify. But what does turning a lap mean? Does turning a lap mean any practice or just qualifying in the race? Because when um, you say turn a lap, technically Stroll has, has turned a lap, so the car could technically be in. But is it about the car turning laps, or is it about the driver? I think it's the reserve driver has to. It, okay. If maybe if maybe I probably should have done my uh, 
done my uh you know my p's and q's before i brought this up but <laughs> it, it was something to do with um not like getting a lap and so i think if somebody has to qualify the car they actually have to no i'm sorry now i remember correctly so he has to actually you can't just have somebody start a car and qualifying because if i remember now uh mick wrecked the car in qualifying so okay. pietro couldn't pietro couldn't use or run the race because he didn't run a lap so you have to run a lap at least in qualifying to race so they can't just okay mm. so, so that was it so I guess the way around that would have been they would have had to have him run a lap and say P2 or run a couple of laps and, you know, practice two just to say, oh, he turned a lap. Is that what you're saying? No, like, no, he had actually run a lap in qualifying. Like, you actually have to okay. run a lap. Okay, so well, but, but now, but now could you still do that? Because could you put Lance out there for, say, two or three laps in qualifying – if it doesn't feel right, couldn't you then swap him out as long as you make the cutoff between like, you know, P3, P2, P1? You could, but man, that's a... Or Q, Q3, Q2, Q1, excuse me. That's a hell of a swap because you're, 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 switching, you're switching pedal settings, you're switching, you have to switch a seat out, which they're pre-molded now. So it's pretty much just finding the seat and but, bolting but, it in. But there's but a I'm lot... Saying, but I'm saying if it if it just come into it just for him to like make the race, even if he didn't qualify high, you could still just maybe put him in even with Lance's stuff, just like, hey, take it easy. We're just trying to get the car in. I guess that's the point that I'm making if push came to shove. If push come to shove, they could, but then you gotta realize they can't work on the car after they qualify. So it'd have to be ready because gotcha. gotcha. so about that. Yeah, they can't touch the car unless, um, unless, unless it's, it's like a, a a slight wing change, something to that nature. Or but they an engine failure. I think it has to be like catastrophic. Yeah, or if they touch the car, they have to start from pit road. That that's when you see cars gotcha. starting in the road when they have to do massive changes on the start. But that's what I'm saying. I mean, even if you started from pit road just to get the car out there, like, you know what I mean, like. I mean, I guess I'm just looking at it from the prospect of them running the car. Like, if you just wanted to see what it was, but. Oh, I got you. Uh, well, speaking of uh, running a car and returning, Nico Hilkenberg. I can't do as good as Danny, Rick. Uh, uh, back into full-time, uh, full-time F1 racing since 2019. Uh, again, it's also FP2. So take that with a grain of salt in the qualifying uh, run that he'd had. Fifth fastest. I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at being out of a car full time. Uh, is Hulk back or is this, uh, how do you think the year is going to be for him? Yeah, I think this is the year we finally see a Hulk and Bird podium. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly <laughs> with that. Haas car is going to be hit and miss, but I think he'll get more out of those hits than say, a K-Mag or Mick, Mickey Shoe was last year. JP? Uh, I, I, I tend to agree. Uh, I will say this, though. Uh, K-Mag coming back last year, remember, he had some success in that car last year. The only thing you worry about with K-Mag is, is attitude. And let's not forget, him and Hulkenberg, they have a past that is not the best. 
you know, can they truly put that aside and race as a team? Um, but I, I do think, you know, bringing someone like Hulkenberg in, he's going to get the best out of that car. So they will know what they have in that car, good or bad. Mm-hmm. And just gave you from uh, practice so far. I mean, there's only a two-second gap between first place and last place. Like, it's going to be such a close season. So those cars lower down the list, I think, might do a lot better this year. I agree. Uh, would I, I spot on agree. Uh, JP, especially, uh, K-Mag's attitude, he's a little uh, towards being a throwback racer. Like, he wears his emotions on his sleeve. And he tends to kind of show it on the track. If you don't know what he's mentioned, or if you don't know what JP alluded to, the the whole suck my balls mate incident between Hilkenberg and uh, K Mag at Budapest, uh, it was at Hungary uh, yeah. four or five years ago uh, when they had an on track spat. But the thing with K Mag is, yeah, he is good, especially at Bahrain. Last year he had fifth with the Haas, but he tends to put the car in situations it doesn't need to be a lot of early lap incidents that tend to hinder his performance as a Haas fan. Like they, uh, like it affected them last year, uh, Canada, especially both Haas in were high in Q3 in the first lap incident. K mag loses front wing and he finishes down near the Latifi level of the, Mm. of the line. Yeah. Um, at least with Hulkenberg, he's a very consistent driver. I, I can see him finishing ahead of K-Mag in the points just with his uh, natural speed alone. But that's oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, so I guess should we talk about the, uh, the elephant in the room? Is Red Bull going to repeat? Is it going to be the Max and Checo show this year again? Because both FP1 and FP2, it has been the Max and Checo show minus... Alonzo sticking that big muscular chin in between the two guys. So one thing that's been on my mind is, is Red Bull going to go above the cost cap regs again? Or are they going to stay below it? And are the other teams going to pass it to get back at Red Bull for last year? Like how much is that going to affect the order? Um, I, I couldn't tell. I, couldn't really tell you. Last year was the first year for the cost cap being in strict effect. And it was what they were over just a little bit for catering reason, reasons. We'll put that in quotes. Mm. Uh, so the FIA took it upon themselves to give them a little fine and um, took away some wind tunnel uh, time as well. I think as the years go on, it's going to be more strict. It's going to be more stringent. They'll actually be. Sh- be probably putting the hammer down on some of these teams. But uh, what do you think, JP? Well, I think it's also, it, let, let's face it, it's hard to come down on the world champion. So Max had that in his favor the past two years, and Red Bull has clearly had, you know, you could arguably say maybe not the year before with him and Lewis, but last year Red Bull clearly had the best car on the grid. I mean, I don't think anybody can really – say anything. I mean, yeah, Ferrari, but they couldn't get out of their own damn way, which I'm sure we'll bring up here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think they clearly had the best card. I think it's it, when you start enforcing things, like really enforcing as you use like the air quotations, we're enforcing it now. Um, I don't think you're ever going to come down on the first one or two teams that break it, but I could see that like fourth or fifth team that break it 
And then like if three break it in a year, the FIA kind of saying, okay, you're the third team. Like you're going to make us like hammer you now. You know, they're going to hammer time like Lewis and really come down on somebody. Um, but I, I mean, I think Red Bull's the team to beat. I mean, if you look at the last two years, they're the team to beat. And until you beat them, they're, they're the top dogs. Uh, 100%. Like that, through testing, they were far and above. Last year and this year, they were the best team. First weekend of the mo- of the year, they're two of the strongest teams or two of the strongest uh, cars on track. It's it's really going to be hard. So I guess since we're talking about Red Bull and pumping their tires a bit, we'll, let's go into our race predictions. We're going to do uh, our podium predictions and uh, throw a little uh, wild card in on who you think you're the la- who we think the last place finish is going to be. Um, Kyle, I guess we'll go with you. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I'll start with third place on the podium. So I have Charles finishing third. I. Uh, I don't know. I. We need to see something serious come from Red or uh, Ferrari's fucking pit wall. They can't be making the same mistakes as last year. I think that's just out there. Um. Max second. I think they might have some issues like they did last year in the first race of the season. And then uh, I have Fernando finishing first place. I think he's going to get the first one in the season, first win in a couple of years. And Aston Martin's going to have a really strong start. Holy Shinto. That was pretty, that was pretty out there. Not going to lie, man. Uh, JP, yeah. who do you... Um, all right. So, I mean, when I look at the top three, I kind of I think it's a toss-up right now. Um, I... Man, I'm just – I'm not betting against Max right now. I think that they have hit their stride. And we've seen it through racing, whether it be, you know, NASCAR, Indy, F1. I think there's sometimes that a driver gets with the right team, with the right car, and he knows it inside now. They know exactly what he needs in the car. And I think, again, Red Bull right now, I think Max is first. Second, I'm going to go Charles Leclerc. Uh, I still feel like Ferrari with pit strategy, we don't know what's going to go on with Benito being out and someone new coming in. You know, does he embrace change? Does the team embrace change? Or does he try to come in and not really shake things up too much? So I think Leclerc has a strong showing, but I think he's still kind of behind Max. I think Max will still go for that space and edge him out in the end, but I think Ferrari has a good showing. Now, third is where I'm going to mix it up a little bit. And I'm going to go George Russell in third. Uh, Okay. I believe that Mercedes car will be competitive again. I believe Lewis will push. I have Lewis finishing fourth. I have Russell just ahead of him. Uh, I believe George Russell takes a leap this year and kind of gets up into that, you know, being a top five driver this year in a car that can compete. And... I'm going to say it last place to me, and this, you know, I just, I don't know about Nick DeVries. I just wonder, does the stage get him? It's the first race. Does he push the AlphaTauri a little too much? Does he maybe, you know, clip somebody coming into a corner? But, you know, just another name we're going to see this year in F1. But, yeah, top three, I'm going Max, Leclerc, and then I'm going to go Russell. That's a, that's, that's a good one. Mine, I think I'm going to, I would go with the, as uh, Kyle's people would say, the hat trick. 
but mm. since he had Alonzo uh, finishing first, I'm going to go Max. I mean, Max, I think to quote, and JP will agree with me wholeheartedly, to quote the great Ric Flair, to be the man, you have to beat the man. In every case yes, last year, Max Verstappen was the man unless there was a mechanical failure in that car. In Bahrain last year, there was. In the first few races, there were. But I think Red Bull's got it all worked out, and Max Verstappen's going to be a man on a mission. He's going first. I think Charles Leclerc will be second. I think Ferrari might tweak that engine. I think they have it running at full power. We may not see it blow up like we did in Austria last year. And third spot, it is the L plan. It is Fernando Alonso. I think with his experience in that Aston Martin, if it is as good as advertised, I think he's going to be a strong contender for the podium. I think he's going to go third. I can't see Checo making the podium. And my last place pick is Sir Lancelot, Lance Stroll. I don't think that wrist is going to hold up. I don't think that wrist is going to hold up the whole race. Unless there's a big melee on lap one, turn one, I see Lance pulling or parking a car after 20, 30 laps. But that's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, I forgot to get a last place in, so I'm going to throw Lando in there for my last place finish. I Ooh. Too much negativity coming, uh, coming out about that car. So I think uh, I think yeah. his car might shut down first race. And, and no, no. No. oh, sorry, I'm going ahead, JP. No, I was gonna say their car reminds me coming into the year of the Mercedes car last year. All the negativity about the porpoising and everything else. McLaren reminds me of that last year. Mercedes went through it in the first what four or five races last year. Until the Canadian GP when uh, we had that famous. Uh, Famous uh, line from a uh, Christian Horner in Drive to Survive: "Fix your fucking car, man." Like, yep. um, yeah, I, exactly. I'm sorry. Go ahead, JP. <laughs> no, no, I was just saying. I agree. I just, I think McLaren's coming in a little behind the curve with the car this year, uh, which is surprising because Lando wasn't terrible last year. I'm not going to say he was great, but he wasn't terrible, and the car wasn't like a last place car. It was the middle of the pack, but. Yeah, I definitely see them having some problems to start the year of the car. Oh, I can see Lando being that, trying to make up as many positions as he can. Yeah, I could see that happen. I can see him try to nose bomb it or dive bomb it into a turn and taking out a car or two. Mm-hmm. Um, now that the race predictions are over, um, let's do our season predictions. Uh, we're just going to kind of do one through five, what we see... Uh, who we see going to be the world champion and world champion and a little bit lower and uh, throw in a couple of little wild cards. Uh, Kyle, do you want to lead us off? <clears throat> yeah. So um, I think no surprise here. I have Max Verstappen winning the world championship again. <laughs> I think I know shocker, right? I, he's just too good of a driver. Um, Fernando Alonso. I have finishing second. Aston Martin. Again, we keep repeating it just too impressive with him in it. I think. I think it'll be a lot closer, though, of a championship than last year. I have Charles finishing third, Carlos finishing fourth, because I think Ferrari is going to learn from some of those mistakes they made last year, but still just not quite be there yet. And then I have George finishing fifth in the championship, because he was impressive last year in a Mercedes that wasn't very impressive. 
that's a that's, that's very interesting top five uh, jp what's yours all right so i'm gonna go opposite i'm gonna not sound like the broken record here because matt's getting a lot of love <laughs> i believe halfway through the season charles Leclerc and ferrari figured this thing out got a new pit boss sitting there new team principal i think they're gonna make some changes through the year and I'm actually going to have him nudge Max out. Max is finished second. But I believe this is going to go down, as I brought up earlier, the great, you know, the great movie Rush with Nicky Louder and James Hunt. I think it maybe comes down to the last race. But I think Charles edges him out this year after some of the pain he went through last year. I think Max finishes second in the points. Uh, not really taking a big step back, but just a little bit. Uh, for third, I'm actually going to go Sergio Perez. Um, I believe he will get more than two wins this year. Uh, I see him getting maybe three or four wins and maybe Max finishing second and still being in that running for the world championship. And then fourth, I'm going to go Lonzo. I think it's I think it's top five or bust for Aston Martin this year. And, you know, Kyle is singing the praises and the car looks good right now. So I'm going to go fourth with him. And then fifth, I agree with Kyle. I'm going to go George Russell. He's, I mean, George Russell, to me, is the heir apparent to Lewis Hamilton at Mercedes, and he proved it last year. And if they get that car right, he's got a chance to compete because he will drive that car. Interesting. Wow. Makes my top five look like white bread because, uh, like I said before, my number one, to quote the great Ric Flair, to be the man, you have to beat the yeah. man. And Max Verstappen is the man that Red Bull is in a league of its own. And Max Verstappen is one of the best pure driving talents in F1 right now. But those two combinations, it's, it, it, could, it could be set up for a Vettel-esque run with driver and constructor championships. Now, second, I do have Charles Leclerc because I think Ferrari will figure it out a little bit. Yes, they screw up a lot. And Matteo Bonato's gone. We got Frederick Vasseur, who was with Alfa Romero the last few years. He is a very competent team boss, and I think he will get Ferrari working like a team. I think they'll prioritize themselves and get the cars running properly. I have Checo third, but this is kind of like my question mark third. Because I want to see how him and Max work this year. We, we had a little snippet of him and Max uh, having a little bit of a tiff in Brazil with Max not giving him his position, swip, swapping positions to help Checo in the World Drivers Championship. So I could see a little bit of tiff and maybe Checo getting a lot of no love from Christian Horner. Fourth, I have George Russell. I think he makes the step up this year. He was extremely consistent last year. No wins, or one win, mm -hmm. but every year. What was that streak? It was he was in the top five, what, like at least the first 10, 12 races of the year? Yeah. Like he was just I mean, first, I think until Silverstone. He yeah, was yeah. in the top five every week. And Carlos Sainz, I, I want to see him higher on this list, but. I don't know if he takes that step of being a a slam bam number two guy with Ferrari and 
in matching Charles with pace. I'd love to see him be higher on the list because I think Carlos is a great person. Seems like a very, very great person. I would love to see him higher, but I just see him fifth at the moment. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, it's okay. it, I don't want to interrupt you, but it's funny you bring up the rip between the two Red Bull drivers. Because remember the rip between Sainz and Leclerc last year when Sainz won that race. When Ferrari screwed up the pit strategy and pitted him instead of Charles. And then Charles was hot because Sainz was like, listen, if I don't pass him, I'm going to get eat up. So we had a little bit of that at Ferrari last year, too, with the same thing that happened at Red Bull. Mm-hmm. So... Uh- that's where I just have him at. Um, any big surprises this year uh, with you guys? Like, you see any surprise wins, surprise podium, surprise, like drivers in general, Kyle? Uh, I think I'm really eyeballing Pierre Gasly as my big surprise for this year because I think it's really a year he needs to prove something. Should be in a better car this year. How long has he been in F1 now? Five, six years? Only as the one win. I uh, think I think he's going to get some podiums with Alpine this year. I agree. I think it's a, Alpine is a fourth or f- fifth car in the in the constructors right now, and he is a very competent driver. I don't disagree yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to make Kyle real happy here. I'm going to say Aston Martin makes a leap this year. Thank I you. mean, bringing a guy like Fernando in, I mean, he has racing knowledge. He knows these cars. He knows how they should handle. He knows the racetracks. I mean, you know, when you have that much seat time in a driver, he's going to tell you what's wrong or he's going to tell you about pit strategy. Uh, I'm just hoping that they can listen to him enough and not try to force Lance Stroll so much in strategy that they can let Fernando race. Because my thing is, this is what Lance Stroll needs to take that next step. You know, he's got the tools. Obviously, his dad running the team. They've got the assets to put into that car. So I think Aston Martin maybe makes a leap this year to be that second or third team. And they're going to come from kind of way back from last year. But I think that he does great things for that team as long as they're willing to work with him and listen. I think that Aston Martin Zampere good year this year. Completely agree. I, yeah, I totally agree. Like one of my things that pops out to me is I know Kyle had Alonso winning Bahrain. Yes, he's going to be competitive. I think I think Fernando Alonso gets a win this year if he can hold his temper and be a team player with Lawrence Stroll team. I think Alonso gets Aston Martin a win the first time since, what, the 50s or 60s when Aston Martin competed in F1. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's this most talented driver on the track, uh, bar Max Verstappen. At 42 years old, he looks like he's 32. He's still got that edge to him. He's just a fantastic driver. And I see a podium. I see a podium in A. Hulkenberg's future. Uh, he gets that one podium. What race it's going to be, don't ask me. But I think that Haas is going to be competitive at a few tracks, at least this year, and not these high downforce tracks like Monaco or um, or Monaco or Hungary. But like tracks yeah. like the tracks like like Baku, where the power of a Ferrari engine that's not blowing up 
can be in full effect, I can see him. And he's a consistent driver. I know I'll say I'll die on that hill. He's an extremely consistent driver. He's yeah. gonna be towards the end of the race. And you know yeah. what? I didn't write this down, but gosh darn it, I'm gonna say it because I'm an American. I think Logan Sargent gets a point this year in that Williams car. A point. <laughs> a point. If you, I mean, if you look at it, brand new to F1, the Williams car is the 10th best car. And by 10th best car, it's like nine's Alpha Tauri. And then go down about 50 stories. And then there's a Williams car. I, I think he'll get a point. I think he'll get points this year. Albon is a great driver and gets more out of that car, like George Russell did when he was with Williams, than anybody should. But I just think Logan Sarger being brand new to F1, I, I think he's gonna he's gonna get a point in the Williams. Like I'm stoked about it because a lot of people have Logan Sarger finishing last in the in, in uh, prediction models 20th position, but I can see him getting points this year whether it's a point or multiple i want to see it but so that's my wild prediction i'm sure i'll get roasted for it too as well uh well, do you guys thing, have... sorry the only thing i'm going to say for that he's going to finish 19th because i'm just going to go ahead and tell you he's going to beat his teammate because his teammate's too worried about dying his hair or some other <laughs> stuff that's going mm-hmm. on that he is racing that car and getting the most out of it I, I mean i'm not saying he's a bad guy but like Come on, this dude shows up and it's clearly they're like, oh, what color are you dyed your hair? I'm like, that's what you're asking this guy. Like, really? Like, he says to go out here, like, compete in like a freaking gladiator coliseum in a car and you're worried about what color his hair is. But I do agree. <laughs> I do think that he'll get points. Um, and I could see it being a race where, say, Red Bull Ferrari both lose a car to engine failures or something. And then he just, like, sneaks up into that top 10 or sneaks up into that top eight. But I do think that if he if he wants to make it an F1, this is going to tell a lot of the bigger teams how he reacts being in that car, even if they know it's a lesser car. Because like you just said, George Russell proved to Mercedes that he could do it in a Williams car, that he could get something out of that car. Absolutely. 100% guaranteed. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. That whole Albon dyeing his hair, what was it? Red, blonde. I think there was a couple other yeah. colors. Like, yo, if you want to be Ric Flair, just keep it blonde, throw the four fingers up and say woo, okay? <laughs> but, but I'll say he's a perfect driver for that team, though, because he he brings an element of his nationality and his personality to a Williams team that doesn't always have a lot to talk about. So I do think that he's a good fit for them. And, you know, having a guy like Sargent who can maybe come in and just be a little more just about racing, I think you're right. It, it does maybe help that team get a little bit of something this year. Wholeheartedly uh, agree. You're, we're, Williams actually brought in a driver who's not a paid driver. Sorry, Kyle, again. Well, but the last few years, it's been it's been paid drivers in that second seat for Williams, uh, whether it be Stroll or the GOAT himself, Nicholas Gotifi, um, who, yes, have the credibility of being an F1 driver and have junior series success. But Logan Sargent's He's going to be the second driver, and he got there on talent alone. I yeah. dare I, like I said, I think he's going to turn some heads this year. He doesn't have to, but I think one or two races this year, he's going to show why he deserves to be an F1. 
So um, before we wrap up or anything, I want to ask, what went wrong for Mick Schumacher last year? Was it the car? Is it him? Like, what are y'all's thoughts on Mick Schumacher? Because I'll be honest, I know he was in a Haas car, but I didn't see a lot out of him. I mean, K-Mad came back into that car and actually started on the pole for a race after being out of a car for two or three years. That's I, man, that's a good that's a good question, man. Kyle, I, go ahead. I think the pressure of the last name has to contribute somewhat. I think yes. just that pressure to perform in F1 and you know, just the crashes, maybe be, like the consistent crashes throughout the season, just being in it a little too over his head, I think. Yeah, um, uh, to expound upon your uh, what you're saying, Kyle, the crash is definitely. I think it. I honestly think it was the car. More lines. K Mag was used to Haas. He was used to overperforming in a underperforming car. Um, but I mean, Mick had some shimmers of of good races, like we saw in Canada. He got into Q3 in a rain laden qualifying. I mean, that is when you show your racing talent is in the rain. Uh, yeah. Like we've seen uh, Mick's father, Michael, or Ayrton Senna. When you perform in the rain, that's where you shine. That's where you show you have throttle control. That's where you show your driving ability. I, I just think the pressure of being in a Haas car and trying to move up, him losing his Ferrari Academy backing didn't help at all. And honestly... K-Mag, yeah, did overperform in that car, but it was only with that Bahrain finish and I think one more. And then after that, I mean, he kind of fell towards Mick's level where Mick kind of picked up towards the end. He was consistent. He did try. Um, yeah, he did have a couple run-ins, but he was he was trying. He was trying to push that car over the edge. And like they say in racing, you're on a knife edge and you can either go over or stay at that edge. And I think... A year as a Mercedes test driver, reserve driver, getting reps and quality equipment will boost his confidence. And I think in a year or two, we may say that Haas screwed up letting Mick go. They should have kept with him and boosted his confidence. Uh, anything else to expound upon? I mean, I think for me, it's, you know, again, I think you're right. I think he's got some talent. And I do agree with Kyle that that's a huge last name. I mean, that's almost like having the last name Manny in the NFL or Marino, you know, like kind of taking it to an American sports analogy. Like, you know, you walk on campus and your dad Marino's son, everybody's like, well, you're probably going to win a Heisman and you're going to be a top 10 pick. Um, and I think going with, I think Mercedes with the people that are there with George Russell, with a Lewis Hamilton, with Toto Wolf, like think about being around those people for a year, even if you're not in a car. Like getting in a simulator with them, you know what I mean? Like just being around that culture, I think could do more good for him than he could ever realize. Yeah, I think One, uh, I think his time at Mercedes will be great for him. Yeah, yeah. Like, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Well, no, but I was gonna say thank you. Think in two or three years, you know, we're projecting Lewis Hamilton probably in two or three years. You know what I mean? He probably starts to maybe walk away. 
Could you imagine still having George Russell kind of be young coming to his own? And then if you could groom Schumacher, Mick Schumacher to come in and take that other seat? I mean, I, hey. I think, I think that's the plan. I I think so, too, unless uh, unless the uh, rumor and innuendos when uh, Alfa Romero become Audi and they go with the all-German lineup of Mick Schumacher and Sebastian Vettel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll die on that. Uh, conspiracy theory hill uh, but it, you know you can't go wrong learning under Toto Wolf you can't go wrong being around a George Russell or a Lewis Hamilton there's no there's no loss there no, at, no. At, Haas, at Haas you're just part of a lesser a lesser Ferrari cluster I mean Gunther Steiner being he's a great team principal but the team doesn't put money into a problem to try to fix a car. They don't throw stuff at it. They they just kind of yeah. what you see is what you got. Mm-hmm. Like your your first five to six races are going to be your best, and if you don't perform, they're not going to upgrade that car throughout the year. So that yeah. can take a toll too. Um, that's just my opinion, but we should probably yeah. wind down this podcast. Uh, I like to thank everybody for listening, all one or two people. I'm just kidding. We're going to have thousands upon thousands of listeners, guaranteed. Soon. Uh, Soon. Thank you for listening to Paddock Talk, the F1 podcast. Uh, I've been Scott. Yeah, Kyle. JP. Until next week, everybody, have a great time and day. Thank you.